is up you guys back here with fantasy foreplay bring you the latest news for your fantasy football so you can go out there and win fuck yeah thank you very much that was the late great reverend jones uh lived between 1930 to 1992 great fan of our podcast came back from the afterlife uh just to give us that introduction welcome back welcome back with me today i have uh one of our favorites Cebu, and then uh, some Ooh. other asshole. B who, who's who? 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 B D J. B B D J. That's what it is. That's what it is. Big. So, can dick. I ask you real, real quick? Big Dick Johnson. Johnson. Do you feel <laughs> obligated to draft either Duke Johnson or David Johnson this season? Because you are, you could be, your team name could be Big Duke Johnson or yeah. Big David Johnson, right? Like you could. I actually, never thought of it like that, but I'm kind of thinking that you're also looking into them, you piece of shit. <laughs> I don't want Duke Johnson. Especially with David right? Johnson. I certainly do want David Johnson. I think he's, yeah, I'm into that. All right. So some shit finally started happening this week. We actually have some pretty. Interesting news. Um, Ruggs is out for the rest of the season. Sieber, how do you feel about that? Oh, I feel pretty sad. I think I always have him, right? Yeah, that was your first round draft pick. That was the guy that you guys drafted in the first round. Ah, uh, yes. Ruggs, yeah. I'm pretty, pretty sad now. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do now. My whole <laughs> season's over. Okay, well. But again, I think I traded him to you, so I don't know. No, so that having been said. It's not true. Uh, he's going to be back for the beginning of the season, but he's going to miss out on mini camps and all that shit. So that's kind of interesting, I guess. Uh, some other pretty incredible news. Uh, players are getting coronavirus. Yeah, finally. <laughs> Especially in Texas, because Texas is dumb anyway. So, so Zeke, Zeke got coronavirus this week. Let me ask you guys, does that increase Zeke's value in the draft? Because he's, he's not going to get it again? He's got the antibodies. Yeah, he's got the antibodies. Yeah. Right? Oh. Uh, Right, he nobody could, knows how true that is. Right, he could pass on his plasma to the rest of his teammates. He survived his whole team. But good. I'm well, also not worried about any of these super athletes getting coronavirus because Von Miller caught it. Now Zeke caught it. They're not showing symptoms, but can they be on the field around other players? What if they have a compromise? So you're going to be out at minimum for 14 days. You're talking about two weeks. Two weeks I mean, out. I mean, if you look at the people this virus targets, the people I'd be least worried about are these super athletes that are don't have any under don't have if they have any underlying conditions, they still make up for it with how athletic they are. The fact that they're always exercising, these are the people I'd be least concerned with of getting the coronavirus, other than whether they perform for my fantasy team that week and how well they would do. Yeah. I, I, I do think um I would rather have a player that's already had it <laughs> than not just because precautions will be taken, you know? And I think um, I've heard a lot of fantasy analysts bringing up the idea that it's possible that with Corona being a threat, um, that it increases the value of handcuffs because what if one of your top tier running backs goes down, uh, you know, a Delvin cook and you have Alexander Madison, or uh, you have J.K. Dobbins behind Mark Ingram or something like that. So I, I do think that's a little interesting. I am not that concerned about it either, though. <laughs> but I am interested to see if it will have an effect on 
it doesn't really even have to have an effect on the season for that to, for it to have an effect on the draft just because it's on everybody's mind. Uh, something so something else. Um, this one I actually did think is a pretty impactful piece of news. Sonny Michel elected to have surgery on his foot. Now he chose to have this surgery, but because of it, he's going to miss a lot of training camp. Uh, it's possible he may even start the season on the pup list. So now um, it's you know it's a team that people are hesitant to buy in on. But you have James White there, um, and then they drafted Damian Harris last year, who didn't get a lot of work last year, but he could fill that role, Rex Burkhead. Um, so I just, I, I'm I'm a little more interested in that backfield now with Sonny Michelle gone because he was going to be getting the bulk of the carries. Is he someone that you would hold on to? No, absolutely not. As it is, I don't think these running backs like they're all. Even Michelle, I think he's going the high. He was going the highest before this happened, and you know maybe like seventh round, eighth round. I mean, it's it wasn't you know it's not a high risk pick, but or I guess it's not high equity. It is risky, but you're uh-huh. not spending a lot of uh, draft capital on it. So I don't think it's that concerning in that sense. Um, but it does kind of it doesn't really change a lot of how I view James White because he's still going to have his role. He was always going to be the receiving back. But I'm interested to see who fills the role of the lead rusher. Is you know Rex Burkhead's a little bit older now. They spent draft capital on Damian Harris, and nobody's paying attention to Damian Harris. If that is the case, you could. I don't know where he's going right now in the draft, but I've got to assume it's really late. And if that yeah. is the case, then he could he could really be a value, um, even though it's a situation that I don't necessarily want to tie myself in with. All right, so before we jump into the NFC North, uh, I got this, I, I found this on, on, on Reddit. I, I'm on r slash fantasy football. And lately there's been incre- this incredible trend where people are just posting up polls, right? So I decided um, I'm going to start taking some of the more interesting ones and maybe we can discuss them on here a little bit. Uh, this one was a, uh, a keeper question. So for somebody that, you know, was going to keep two of their players from last year, the question was really whether they should keep Chris Godwin and Nick Chubb or Kenyon Drake and Miles Sanders? Um, the first option? Chris Godwin and Nick Chubb. Yeah. Yeah. That's the I, one that I, I thought also, but really when you break it down, like Drake and Sanders has a lot of upside. Those are two running backs that, okay, Drake, over the second half of the year, or the second half of the season last year, he was the number four running back in like – in all of all running backs like that's pretty incredible and um that's after he had taken over if he gets the bulk of these carries which i have to assume that he will in this offense he could finish top five miles sanders if he were to get you know the appropriate amount of carries with the eagles which is questionable because doug peterson has never really tied himself to one running back but if he were to get that miles sanders does have the talent also to finish top five godwin could finish top three but Chubb, to me, is the biggest question mark. You know he's going to finish top 10. So he has a very safe floor. At least top 12. At least top 12. But because he's not as involved in the receiving game with Kareem Hunt there, it, you kind of wonder, like, does he have the potential to finish top five? So would you rather have two potential top five running backs or Godwin Chubb? I, I still like Godwin Chubb more between the two. Yeah, I think from a draft perspective, I definitely choose them two over uh, the other two. 
And I mean, wouldn't you? Would you? Would you pick? Who would you draft on the other side that you would put over a Nick Chubb and Godwin? I mean, honestly, I'm a little biased because I, I really, I, I really want Drake this year. I, I'm really interested, in it. and I, I know it's really risky saying that on this fucking thing because you know, <laughs> it's basically our league listens to this, <laughs> right? Uh, so, whatever if you get sniped, but I, I'm really high on Kenyon Drake. I think, um, I think he's someone that really interests me. Miles Sanders, I think, also has a lot of potential. Uh, I had him. You know, Miles Sanders won me money last year, man. <laughs> and Miles yeah. Sanders won me money last year. I I really like Miles Sanders. Um, and of all these running backs, I think Chubb is the most talented running back. It's just his situation's more, a little more questionable. But anywho, speaking of uh, questionable running back situations, why don't we jump into the NFC North? I'll, I'll go ahead and start with the Vikings. So the reason why I bring this up, Delvin Cook recently came out. Um, he's holding out. You know, he he got an offer from the Vikings. Didn't think it was fair. Um, I su- honestly, I support running backs. They don't have long careers, you know, so they want to get paid. Uh, Delvin Cook's a top-tier talent. I think he deserves to do this. I don't think the holdout will last uh, through the entire offseason, but we've seen it happen pretty much every year since Lev Bell did it, right? We've had Lev Bell do it. We've had Zeke do it. We've had uh, Melvin Gordon do it. Um, and this season, now we have um, Delvin Cook, Joe Mixon's also thinking about doing it, apparently. But uh, we have Delvin Cook doing this. Before the news of the holdout, he was going at the 103. Now he dropped to the 106. Is he a value at 106? I guess it depends on the status of where he seems to be and where he wants to play at that point. I don't think it'd be worth the risk if you're taking a player that's potentially that could potentially hold out for part of the season. And... Mm-hmm. When you look at the ones that have happened, um, some of them paid off and some of them didn't. That's why Le- yeah. Le'Veon Bell was the worst case scenario because you drafted him in the first round, held on to him all season, and he held out all season, right? Yeah. Um, Zeke worked out because if you got Zeke at the 106 that year, he came back, he played the full season, and um, finished top three, that paid out, right? And then Melvin Gordon, I mean, you could paint it either which way. I don't really think it paid out at all. Yeah, I don't think it's worth the risk at that point. I mean, it's possible that he won't be getting that same amount of training that he would be as well, just because he's probably not also going to participate in a lot of the activities you would before the season and even the preseason maybe. And, and, I, and he I think has that's an injury history. Well. Yeah. Delvin Cook has an injury history. So um, last year in 2019, uh, he finished the year the running back five. He got injured um, in week 15. So it, with the bye week, I mean, you're talking he missed like he missed like three weeks. But through that time, he was the uh, the running back two before he had gotten injured. He was the running back two. So he was on pace to finish the season as the number two running back. Um, the upside is there, I think he and especially. Um, with the new situation, he has Gary Kubiak as his offensive coordinator. Gary Kubiak, formerly of the Denver Broncos, when we won our Super Bowl, likes to run his offense through the running game very heavily. They got rid of Stephon Diggs, so the team is focusing on this run-first identity. So you have to think whoever's rushing for this team has the upside to potentially finish number one overall. Uh, so to get him at the 106, I think he's still a tremendous value. You're right, it's entirely dependent, but... You can handcuff him with Alexander Madison. I would say if you draft him in the 106, you have to draft Alexander Madison, um, who's going to move up. Right now he's going in the 10th round at the 1004. 
which right now he's a value, right? Because he offers upside. But if you draft Alvin Cook, handcuff with Alexander Madison, then worst case scenario, the holdout continues. You have Alexander Madison. He's a fantastic running back, and he'll have that situation with him. But I, I do want Delvin Cook. I, I have him. I'm pretty high on Delvin Cook. I was last year, too. I drafted him, and then my dumbass traded him to you, Lionel. <laughs> but I got Zeke, though. I got, I got Zeke. Didn't work out for me, though. Oh, I just wanted a trade going. <laughs> and okay, so interestingly enough about Alexander Madison. Um, so uh, Delvin Cook throughout uh, through, over over the arc of his career has averaged four point six yards per attempt and just over eight yards per reception. Alexander Madison has averaged the exact same thing. So there's potential here that if he were to get that that uh, position, where he offers value as potential. Early running, uh, early season running back, and as a handcuff, uh, he offers a lot of value. At the ten oh four, I re- right now I want Alexander Madison for sure on my team. If I miss out on Delvin Cook, I'm getting Alexander Madison. I don't want the Delvin Cook owner to get him because that offers value. <laughs> it offers even it even offers a position a leverage position if you want to trade. Yeah, especially if Cooks hold up holds out. There you go. Then you just struck gold. Or if Cooks goes, or uh, if Dalvin Cook goes down again, injury prone, so you have that risk, just like you were saying. If he misses part of the off season, maybe he comes off not so fresh. If something like that happens, you want to have Alexander Madison. And if he plays very well, especially in those first couple of games, you don't know. Yeah, I'm definitely not interested both. in in Kirk Cousins at all going in the ninth uh-huh. round right now. To me, a little bit too high for that kind of a quarterback. Uh, I've gotten Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees and Tom Brady later than Kirk Cousins is going right now. And uh, the reason being that, so between 2015 and 2018, Kirk Cousins had five averaged 590 attempts per season and roughly 4,400 yards per season. In 2019, he ranked 24 overall, had 444 attempts and only 3,600 yards. Now this team's getting rid of digs. They've got Kubiak and, you know, and they've, they've really bolstered up their defense they're really trying to zone in on the running game. I can't imagine that his pass attempts are going to go back up. Just, I don't want him. I would rather have uh, Gardner Minshew. I think Gardner Minshew is going to set is set to outpace him. Apparently, I dropped a lot of people from the NFC North. Seber yeah. likes uh, Adam Thielen. I love Adam Thielen. What do you think about Thielen, Seber? I think he was, he did good. He did good when I had him, and then and then he got injured, of course. So after <laughs> that, it just went downhill. But I think I, I think, I, I think, he's I think I'll get him again. Well, I would, I would, you're gonna have to fight me for him. You are gonna have to fight me for him. <laughs> I, I think I traded him to you, so the last season I did, and and I, I got the shit end of that stick because he was injured for like the rest of the season. <laughs> yep, I could, I'd see all the results right here. It was, it was, it didn't look too pretty, but at the beginning, it, it, it was awesome. Well, I mean, he has a history 2017, he had 1,276 yards and four touchdowns, 2018 had. Uh, 1,373 yards and nine touchdowns. And that both of those seasons were with Diggs there. Now Diggs is gone. He offers a lot of upside. You think he's going to be the pretty much the sole recep- uh, receiving weapon. Uh, they drafted a rookie this year, Justin Jefferson, but I think Adam Thielen offers a lot of standalone value. Um, he's going at the beginning of the third round right now. And I'm a big, you know, like I said, I like to go running back heavy. If I'm cool with getting a running back in the first two rounds, if that's the case, I would be very happy with Adam Thielen as my wide receiver one. Very happy with him as my wide receiver one in the third round. 
All right, I might go for a second round for me. I don't know. I don't know where my draft area is going to go. It's going to be exciting here. I might take him to the late first. Just kidding. <laughs> so Justin course. Jefferson, the rookie that they drafted right now, is going in the 14th round. Um, I want him for sure late in the draft. If he's going that late um, and he has the potential to have a role with how, you know, Stefan Diggs vacated 94 targets in 2019, which is, doesn't sound like a lot when you consider that they only had 444 attempts. I mean, that's 21% of the target share. That's a pretty large percentage. And if the rookie can, you know, it's going to be split between him, Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith, but the rookie has an opportunity to have a role on this team could offer value. All right. Tired of talking to the Vikings. Who do you want to talk uh, about? The, the bears. Oh shit. The okay. Bears. The the bears. bears. Uh, let me return to page six. <laughs> um, the Bears. Uh, the Bears are kind, kind of interesting. Why are they interesting, Steve? What? Uh, did did he even have a quarterback? They have two quarterbacks. Do two quarterbacks? Have? No quarterbacks. Maybe three. Uh, yeah, two quarterbacks is no quarterback. Uh, they have Jay Cutler and they have. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but are those quarterbacks worthy of being drafted in the fantasy football league? Definitely not. <laughs> Uh, they have Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky, obviously. Uh, Nick Foles did not pan out very well with the Jaguars, didn't pan out with them. And Mitchell Trubisky, obviously under even more pressure with Nick Foles there, hasn't even performed very well. Had Deshaun Watson, had Patrick Mahomes drafted behind him, and it's disgusting. Although they were able to pick up Khalil Mack, uh, very good trade from the Raiders, actually. So that's why I said I think it's only their defense that is good. But even now, I don't think the defense is. Gonna you know, be it, as- no. It, let me let me say this: it wasn't a good trade. It was not a good trade. It seemed like they won the trade at first, but with that trade, the Raiders have rebuilt the team. In that time, they have they got Josh Jacobs. They got a lot of great defensive pieces. Um, they rebuilt the team, and Khalil Mack. Yeah, sure, they were the number one defense that year. They lost with the double doink. Doesn't matter. They come back last year. Team is worthless. Yeah. Um, I've just seen like Khalil Mack like step on people with his left fucking hand. And it's the most fucking impressive thing I've ever seen. Like these 300 pound fucking guys. The defense is still very scary because you have Khalil Mack, sure. But you have a lot of other really great pieces on this defense. I think the Bears has always been a defensive team. (laughs) I believe the defense is like the only interesting thing to talk about, like in terms of this team, other than uh, maybe the wide receivers and then I the running Alan, back situation. I even. think Allen Robinson, I, I like Allen Robinson. He offered a lot of value last year. And honestly, if he could get it done with Mitchell Trubisky, then I think, you know, he can get it done with anybody. <laughs> um, yeah, Allen Robinson is really good. I mean, he finished as wide receiver 11 last year. This quarterback situation, again, makes it a little more risky. But like you're saying, he basically catches everything. Uh, he's above average in almost every single catch route that you can do. There's only two that he's um, at average or below average from that. So, Seaver can throw the fucking ball and Allen Robinson will fucking catch it, like wherever Seaver throws it. That's the kind of potential you have with Allen Robinson. And so, you're right. He probably is the least risky player that you can get from this Dude, team. He's going in the fifth round right now. It's crazy. 
especially yeah. like coming as wide receiver 11 like well like and the risk i see is okay he had great seasons in 2015 and 2019 that's a huge gap in between obviously but a lot of that was injury a lot of that was injury. yeah definitely and not just injury also it was injury and he had freaking blake bortles throwing to him i mean what are you going to do with that shit yeah yeah it's risky and but it's not even necessarily the result you need um if he's able to provide part, most of the production he was able to produce last year then you're getting pretty good value with him uh Again, he was wide receiver 11, so if you're able to get him within the first uh, or somewhere between even before the fifth round, I would consider that as well. Because especially with this kind of team, he does produce that type of value where you could get a good player and have pretty good production out of him. Yeah. Not just him. I also think um, Anthony Miller uh, could be a bit of a sleeper. He's going like in the twelfth round right now, uh, and last year he really did step up into that number two role. Um, you know, he jumped up to eighty-five targets last year, which doesn't sound too amazing, but it's a step up. It was a second year, uh, and he was injured at the beginning of the year, uh, but fifty-two receptions. You know, um, he had he had a pretty solid role. You know, he had a solid role, and if he takes another step forward, and if Nick Foles does prove to be a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky, who I, I really think Nick Foles is going to end up being the quarterback of this team. Uh, if he does end up being a better quarterback, then uh, Miller could have value in the 12th round just as a flex player mostly, but still, that's that's a value. Uh, I think David Montgomery has a lot of value too. You know, he, To me, he represents pretty much the last of the running backs that you can really rely on for productivity because after him you have people like kareem hunt um you know david johnson's actually going after him but even he has questions of of health and the new situation and everything you at least with david montgomery you know he's going to get the he's going to get all the running work for that team and he's going at the end of or yeah at the end of the fourth round right now you know, if, if you end up going wide receiver in the first two rounds, um, he's someone that I would target as, you know, a third, fourth round running back that you could keep in rotation, sure, but he's going to get a workload. Yeah, he had a 1,074 reception and rushing yards last year. I mean, this quarterback situation could ultimately help or hurt him if Nick Foles or Trubisky uh, end up being at least average, then that that definitely makes David Montgomery a great pick if you're able to pick him in those rounds. But if they're not able to do so, then other teams could just stack the box and they could completely just shut down this offense, which looks like a complete bummer when you look at the entire thing. But and just probably just because even that quarterback situation, it puts a lot of risk with a lot of these players, including David Montgomery. And so that definitely relies on how well uh, – the quarterbacks are able to play and how they're able to perform. Tariq Cohen, obviously not going to be a fantasy factor. Uh, if it was a PPR league, then you could say that, okay, uh, you may be able to get something out of him. But because of these this quarterback situation, I don't see much value with him, and I'm not someone I'm willing to take a risk on. I, I disagree with you on that one. I think, I think he offers value. I know it's crazy. I know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I know how stupid it sounds. But this is a guy who over the last, I mean, 2017, his rookie year, had 71 targets. 2018, had 91 targets. 2019, had 104 targets. He's getting, you know, wide receiver two numbers in the target area. 
and he is the passing down back. Right now, uh, he's going in the 13th round. What kind of running backs are you going to get in the 13th round? What kind of players are you getting in the 13th round? You know, he's going around, uh, you know, Eric Ebron, Carlos Hyde. Um, you know, Will Lutz is going around him <laughs> from the kicker from New Orleans. So I think he's basically free in the draft. You could take him. And you have to remember in not in 2019, but in 2018, uh, he finished as a top 12 running back. I want to say, I don't know exactly where he finished, but he had four, 444 yards rushing. Uh, he had 725 yards receiving and he had eight touchdowns. He had eight touchdowns in 2018. If we were a PPR league, I'd say it'd be worth at least looking into, but we're not. I mean, we're half PPR. And so that value goes down dramatically because of that. It does. But my whole thing is what kind of players are you getting there anyway? In the 13th round, what kind of players? You're taking players on the upside. Will Lutz, yeah. Will Lutz, I I mean, it's a kicker. It's a kicker. (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to do with that? Who's going to get you more points? I think the Bears are not a running back team. No, but he's a receiving back. So if they're playing from behind, who do they use? David Montgomery or Tariq Cohen? True. That's what I'm saying. Is Forget the rushing. He's not getting the rushing work. That's David Montgomery. But the receiving work that he's getting is – I mean, the numbers that I just threw out are comparable with the receiving work that Eckler is getting. Eckler is going in the first, second round. Tariq Cohen's going in the 13th round. If you're a team built on defense with a questionable quarterback situation, um, I think you're still going to rely heavily on the running game, and that's where Montgomery does possess a lot of that value. I do agree. So are you going to draft the Bears in the fifth round again, Lionel? (laughs) I did that last year? I don't know what round you did it. Yeah, I probably did. I think Juan claims that you drafted them in like the fifth round. I think he's oh, right. Dang. And then I probably drafted Dak and um, – I already forgot the other quarterback's name. Cardinals? Kyler? Yeah, I drafted him back-to-back after. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you just really threw caution to the wind on that shit. <laughs> All right, so let me ask you. Aaron Rodgers, uh, right now, like I said, he's been going as low as the 10th round. He's not going to go in the 10th round in our league. Nope, I already know that. ADP has him in the sixth round. Would you take him in the sixth round? For sure, our league is a first round, so. Yeah, Maurice, go for it. Yeah, for sure, Murray's going to get in the first round. I'm curious to see if Green Bay is going to draft Aaron Rodgers as their first-round pick. I'd be interested to see if Murray <laughs> does that. I'm going to get a – what's his name, Love? <laughs> I can't even remember his first name, but, yeah, Love. <laughs> so here's, here's the, my Jordan problem with Aaron Rodgers. In, in the sixth round, he could be, he could actually still be a value. He still has the potential. He has the ability to finish as, a, as the quarterback one. You know, he was, he's been the quarterback one consistently before all this, you know, the, the team identity started to change. 
every year he finished basically the quarterback one consecutively for like three or four years. Uh huh. But last year, so he finished as a quarterback 11, which doesn't sound too bad until you start to break down his games. So I'm going to leave, I'm going to read you guys his game log and how torturous this must have been to have him as your quarterback last season. So he opens up week one, 12 points. Week two, 14 points. Pretty shitty so far. Yeah, it's pretty shitty. Week three, 13 points. Still really shitty. <laughs> By the time you're, week, you're in week three, you're like, oh, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to start somebody else. Week four, 36 points. Damn. So you, you already went three weeks not being able to rely on him. You're off him. Week four, finishes as the, as the quarterback two on the week. You're back on. Next week, nine fucking points. Then, okay, then you're like, okay, it was just maybe, maybe this next one brings you back up. 19 points, 43 points, 27 points, 12 points. Screws you over right when you're getting confident. 10 points after those 12 points. Then a bye week. Nine points. By then you're off again. You haven't been able to rely on him for four weeks. Then 38 points. This is torture. We're barely on week 13. This is torture. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with that. Quarterback of heaven sounds pretty shitty when you break it down like that. I think for sure they're they're more more of a running back team now. They are. They are. They've shown it with what they've done in the draft. They've they've shown it with what they've done uh, with Aaron Jones. You know, Aaron Jones had an incredible season last year i just don't i don't want aaron Rodgers. i still buy into this passing game solely because Devonte adams has no one else to compete with uh but aaron Rodgers is not how i want to buy into this this offense would you take him early no what, uh, what's the earliest that you would take Rodgers? or I'll, I'll probably take him in the first one just to trade him to emory so that's it <laughs> that seems like such a waste of a first round pick i'd probably say Six. That's six. The earliest I would take. Is he going again? He's going in the sixth round right now. But like I said, he's dropped in certain drafts, like as low as the tenth round. If he fell to me in the tenth round, I might take him just because he still has that upside. But I won't take him alone. If I take him in the tenth round, then I'm going to take someone else really late with upside. So you're right. You know, if I can, if I can, you know, get off that, um, then I will do that. And you're right, Sieber. Aaron Rodgers does have trade value, so. If you get him late enough, at least you know that he has that just off of the name. Yeah, if you get him late in the first round, you can trade him for like a fifth rounder. Yeah, truth. Is, I mean, he could win. He could win you your league. He could also uh, drive He's you entirely it. insane. <laughs> you find yourself talking to the mayor. I don't know who I am anymore. Bro, it's hard to find a quarterback. So Devontae Adams right now uh, going in the second round. He's going as the wide receiver five overall. Uh, when I first started doing my rankings, I had him as my wide receiver too, until I started to look into the stats over the last few years a little bit more. Now I'm a little bit more hesitant. Uh, in 2018, um, you know, he, he's had high productivity. In 2018, he had 170 attempts, um, 11 targets per game. So uh, in 2019, he had 11 targets per game, again. Uh, but he's only had one 16-game season. One in his entire career. Additionally, you have a team that wants to rely on the running back a little bit more. Um, a questionable situation as far as game script because, you know, 
that is what they want to do. They want to rely on the running back, get ahead, and just keep it low. I don't know if this is a team that's going to be playing from behind a lot. Uh, because of that, I still have them for sure. At the, I mean, at the very, I probably have them number four now, after Julio Jones. Um, but I still have him in my top five. I'm just a little more hesitant there. But he's going in the second round, so I would be happy if I drafted running back in the first round. I'd be happy to go Devontae Adams in the second round. It's going at the two hundred three, so early second, but I would be happy with him there. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Aaron Jones uh, going at the one ten right now is the running back seven, coincidentally. <coughs> Over the last two years, he has been the running back seven. Uh, in 2019, he had an incredible season, 1,084 rushing yards, 474 receiving yards, and 19 touchdowns. That's not including what they did in the playoffs. Or so what they did in Dallas. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, you can't replicate. You can't count on 19 touchdowns. He finished as the running back two last year on account of him getting 19 touchdowns. He's, the regression is going to come back down. There's no way. There's no way. Um, Elvin Kamara got 18 touchdowns his breakout season. The following season came back with, I think, six touchdowns last year. So, I mean, that regression is a bit excessive. I don't think Aaron Jones is going down to six touchdowns. But they drafted A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon um, is a great goal line running back. He profiles almost as a fullback. So you have to wonder is, you know, how many carries is he going to vulture? Jamal Williams is still there. Um, you know, I, I just think I don't want him in the first round. Last year, I was really interested in him because he was going in the third round. I thought this is a huge value. He has upside. Uh, but it, in, the, in the first round, you're asking him to do what he did last year in order to return value. And I just think it's damn near impossible to do 19 touchdowns again. Especially with the uh, backup running backs. Yeah, with the limited workload, you're talking to committee. He's not getting top tier workload. He's not. Um, they draft. They put draft equity in AJ Dillon, and odds are this is Aaron Jones. Uh, I think his he's coming up on the end of his rookie deal. Um, there's a world where at the end of the season he gets traded. I don't know. Running backs win fantasy football leagues. I know that for sure. I heard someone, so I heard a, a podcast commentator talking today about um, how he does think that that's going to happen. He's going to get traded and that a perfect fit would be the Falcons. And I think I agree with that. He's Todd Gurley's older. He's already got the degenerative issue. He's on a one-year deal, so he's got a prove-it deal. He can hit the market with a new value. He doesn't want the contract that he has right now. He took a one-year deal. He can get a better contract if he has a good year. So he goes on somewhere else. Aaron Jones can get paid to be the Falcons running back. I would rather have him with the Falcons. if that Because at there, at least, you have to think it's not going to be nearly as much of a committee as he has with the Packers. I don't know. I don't think so. I think the Packers are going to keep him for sure. All right, Leos, you want to uh, drop, drop your uh, Lions facts on me? Yeah, Lions facts. I got another great team here. Uh, Matthew Stafford had a really good season last year. Uh, only played half the season. 5,000 yards, 38 touchdowns, 
pretty fucking solid. That's Jameis Winston numbers right there, you know? <laughs> that was projected projected uh, amount of yards and touchdowns for the season uh, if he was able to play the full season. So a little bit unfortunate he was able to go down, but he did show that ability to put up career numbers there. Um, and he's projected in the top 10 as well, which I think is – I'm willing to wait to draft him um, past these other quarterbacks, past quarterback three, which I would say – which are Lamar Jackson, Mahomes, and Prescott. I think he's a great late-round uh, quarterback. If you wait for him, he's going really late in the draft. You can get him pretty far into the double-digit rounds. Um, and if he is healthy uh, – last year he had a fantastic season. You're right. He was on pace to do all that. I don't know if he's going to do that exactly, but he'll, fi- he'll definitely finish. He has the potential to finish top eight at least you know, with his upside. So I think I, he is someone that I'm very interested in in the later rounds. Yeah. I mean, obviously there are going to be some concerns. The first and major one being that he plays for the Detroit Lions. <laughs> uh, he also has Matt Patricia as the court, as the head coach. Uh, and something that's always concerning, even I think even if you don't think so from a fantasy, per, fantasy perspective is their win loss record. I mean, the Lions are always at a lose, always have a losing record, and even when he was there, they were three, four, and one. That's not something you want to see from a quarterback. Um, and again, even though that, from a fantasy perspective, doesn't really matter, I think that's concerning. As for, I mean, for the whole organization, which does put an impact on the quarterback and all the other players as well. And my last concern with that is going to be the running game. Um, I think the running game could possibly hurt his production. Uh, the fact that they, the fact that they have these two running backs that they're going to be utilizing a lot, a lot more this year in particular, uh, I think that could bring down his numbers. But it could also be a good thing, uh, depending on how that plays out. Uh, I think they, I mean, they got DeAndre uh, DeAndre Swift in the draft, and uh, by some, he was regarded the best running back in the draft. I disagree. Um, I do think he was the second best running back in the draft, but he's very, very talented. But again, you bring up the question, he's a running back for the Detroit Lions. Yes. And so uh, let's see what, how he does. And But you're right. Uh, Matthew Stafford does provide pretty good quarterback value for well, for where he'll be a drafted. And those wide receivers are going to have some really good numbers because of that as well. Uh, obviously, the first one being Kenny Galladay. Um, I project him to go in our league somewhere late in third round, early fourth. Uh, I'm going to say he's, this right now. I, he's going at the end of the second overall. I think in ours he'll be he'll be there at the third round or in the fourth. I think Kelsey Kittle and Lamar Jackson are going to go ahead of him in our league. What do you think about? Uh, well, yeah, I definitely agree that they'll go ahead of him. I think. Um, he could prove to be a value, but um, um, he's, I, th- I think he's a great wide receiver. And he's proven last year he was able to get it done, even with Stafford not there. Um, my only concern is this. Uh, why draft him in the second or third or even the fourth round when you can get Marvin Jones late as hell? And over – so I heard this stat today. Over the last 22 – or over the 22 games that Galladay has played with Stafford, um, Galladay has averaged 7.1 targets per game. Marvin Jones has averaged 
targets per game. Right now, Galladay is going at the end of the second. Marvin Jones is going at the beginning of the ninth round. I I actually think this is a case where I would take Galladay and prefer him. Uh, I would taking rather, under, I would rather take Galladay, but at the end of the second round, I don't know if I want to buy in. I don't know if I want him even in the third round, fourth round. I'd rather have Thielen ahead of Galladay. I'd rather have Robert Woods ahead of Galladay. I'd rather, I'd rather have freaking Calvin Ridley ahead of Galladay. I'm actually pretty high on Galladay. Um, I think he's one that I would take over the value pick in this case. Uh, I mean, over 50% of Stafford's touchdowns went to Galladay. Galladay had the most touchdowns out of had the most receiving touchdowns out of anybody in the league um, over any of the top wide receivers. And he's had over a thousand yards in both 2018 and 2019. And again, the TD passing leader, I think he's someone, and, and even if you argue that um, he, you can get the value pick as well there. I, he's putting up big numbers and that itself uh, even if it's not a value, he's going to be putting up bigger numbers than some of these other wide receivers as well. And I'm pretty high on him. Some of the concerns, uh, 42nd in receptions and a three-peat and with that kind of solid production is going to be hard to obtain. But with Matthew Stafford there, and if he's – and again, he, and he was able to get that production with Matthew Stafford gone half the season. And so I don't see much concern uh, with Galladay even drafting him pretty high. I, I'm willing to do so. I'm – Pretty high my, on my, my only concern is this year. I believe in the player. I even when he got drafted, I've always been a big fan of Galladay. Um, and you're right; like he has shown that he can put up these stats. My concern is exactly what you said: is that he ranked forty. What was he, What did you say? Forty third in targets. Um, yeah. And which totally makes sense. He's never surpassed 120 targets, which for a wide receiver one is pretty uncommon. Um, in those seasons, you know. In 2018, he had 70 receptions. Last year, he had 65 receptions. The reason why he put up the numbers that he did was because he was getting 18.3 yards per reception, and he got 11 touchdowns, both things that are hard to replicate. So that's where the risk lies in Kenny Galladay. He has the potential to do that, and especially if his target share goes up, he has the potential to pay off. Even in the second round, he does, especially with Stafford throwing him the ball. But the target count still makes it a little bit questionable when you consider Marvin Jones is still there. TJ Hawkinson's role is going to grow. DeAndre Swift is going to have a, grow, a growing role. as He's considered, you know, really amazing receiving back. You have to assume that they have to, that they want to incorporate him in that, uh, in that way as well. So I, I think um, I, I love Galladay. I just want to make sure I'm considering the risk that comes with Galladay as well is really what I'm trying to say. Got it. And obviously second, Marvin Jones. Uh, the biggest benefit from Marvin Jones is definitely the fact that he has Galladay there. Uh, puts, all the pressure, puts all the pressure on Marvin Jones and uh, or puts all the pressure on Galladay. So Marvin Jones has that ability to have that the great impact, like you were saying, being able to produce a lot of those touchdowns. Uh, and again, with Stafford there, he's going to get a lot of those targets too. Uh, definitely. And some some people haven't projected ahead of Cortland Sutton and Stephon Diggs. What do you think about? No, no way. I would rather have both Cortland Sutton and Stephon Diggs. Okay. I would rather. I would much rather have Cortland Sutton. I'm not very high on Stephon Diggs. Um, I you know when we did that podcast, 
on the bills. I thought, you know, there was value there. The more I've looked at it, you know, I just don't think there's quite as much value as I'd hope. I'd rather have Sutton. Okay. Yeah. So Marvin Jones is someone that. He's a value. Every year he's a value. Every year he's a value because no one gives a shit about Marvin Jones, but somehow you're like in the 10th round and you're scrolling like, Oh, who the hell did the hell Marvin Jones is still here. (laughs) I can get him in the 10th round. That's what I like about him. And then for the running back situation, DeAndre Swift, uh, this is someone I think you want to stash um, to see if you'll get any late season production. He could, he could have early season production too, dude. He could. I think the concern is with on Johnson, obviously. Uh, some yeah, people believe that. Patricia get, hates him. Patricia hates Carry. <laughs> I mean, that's the problem with the Lions. You never know. I mean, Carry on Johnson. He hasn't. I mean, he wasn't there the last two seasons for a majority of it, and lots of injuries. Yeah, so this is a running back committee with the team that doesn't run the ball very well. So both That's players provide a lot of risk. They do, but who's the better receiving back of the two? Swift. Yeah. Yeah. He's the better receiving back of the two. You know, so um, I think he does even offer early season value. He's going late. He's going in the eighth round right now. Like you said, uh, not a lot of draft equity, and he might even go later. You know, maybe in our draft, I think he'll probably go even later again because people are hesitant to buy into the Lions' backfield. But he offers upside. Um, and you have to consider with the Lions spending a high second-round pick, it's pretty high draft equity, especially, you know, like you said, carry on Johnson, who hasn't performed up to what they expected. Well, they brought in the new guy, right? For what? To have a role on this team. Yeah, so we'll definitely see how that plays out. But DeAndre Swift, obviously having, possibly having the higher value here. Um, yeah, I just think he's not. DeAndre Swift is not going to be the goal line back. That will be on Johnson's uh, role. But receiving work is going to be DeAndre Swift for sure. Um, tight end. Do you, not you really sold on it. No, not me neither. Really me neither. He had one. He had like one good game last year. I'm not really first game. Uh, yeah, the, the, which is the worst kind of bait. <laughs> it's like the for that week one waiver wire where it's like, come on, baby, come over here, and the, just destroys <laughs> your team, sets your life on fire. No fun. Yep, that's a lot. I'm not interested in in Hawkinson at all. That's about as far as my interest goes in in the Lions. I do think you know. We've discussed earlier on earlier episodes the value that you can find on shitty teams, and I think there's value to be had on this team. I think Stafford's a value. I think Galladay is risky but could prove to be a value. Marvin Jones could prove to be a value. Swift. I'm, I really don't want uh, on. I don't. And I'm, I was such a big fan of on Johnson, but I don't want him anymore. Yeah. Hawkinson, I don't want. Neither do I. Who do you have winning the division? Um, probably the Packers. Uh, how does this division finish? Um, Packers, <laughs> Bears, Lions. Uh, the Vikings. No, 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 no! Wow, wow! I completely forgot about the Vikings. No. Damn. Packers, Vikings. Oh, here's a tricky one. Uh, 
<laughs> Lions Bears? I think I actually think the Vikings are gonna win the division this year. Okay. I think it's gonna go Vikings, Packers. <laughs> that is tough, huh? <laughs> yeah, Vikings, Packers, Lions, Bears. Who Super, how do you have them? Let's see. Um it'd be the Lions, the Bears, Packers, <laughs> and then the Vikings. Damn. Fucking hot take. Dude, that was a hot take, bro. Where, where was it? Where were these fucking hot takes earlier? You could have jumped in at any point with this shit. This is amazing. I don't know. That's that's how I see it. <coughs> that's how I see it coming. Who wins MVP next year? Uh, Mahomes again, of course. For some reason, I was hoping. I was really hoping that you would say Gronkowski. No, no, that guy's gonna that that guy's just gonna tank for sure. <laughs> that guy's still announcing on freaking like box and stuff like that. Still wrestling. No, like 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 I saw him the other day. He was on NASCAR, so like. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good NASCAR. This guy's just living life. Yep, for sure. I think it's just a joke that he's coming back. <laughs> If he was in front of you right now, would you tell Gronkowski to his face? I think you're a joke. Or him coming back, yeah. <laughs> I would love to watch that happen. Just like Mayweather. <laughs> or no. It's just like everybody comes out of retirement. They're like, did he just come back one game and then he's fucking sucking and then he quit? <laughs> what's his name? Just like, what's his name? McGregor? That, yeah, McGregor, yeah. He retires again? Like, would you tell McGregor to his face? I think you're a joke. Well. Yeah, I, I, for sure. I for sure. I know. I get shit talk more than him. I get shit talk him out of it. <laughs> what kind of shit talk would you throw McGregor's way? I I don't know that he's dumb. That he's stupid. He's a bad wrestler. You can't even box. Kevin Kevin fight. He's not even on the feet. He sucks. Well, you do have the fucking hottest takes, Seabird. <laughs> that shit came in spicy as hell. You want to give us a sea woo to go? Woo! Woo! Doesn't sound <laughs> Ever since I got my teeth straightened out, I can't do it. It's not, it doesn't sound the same. <laughs> <laughs>